This is Jen from Grace for Single Parents, where your parenting and God's grace collide. Okay, welcome today. I have on Kate Leach, and she's going to talk to us about grieving first before we can move on to other aspects of our life. So welcome today, Kate. Hi, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. So Kate was on previously, and last time she was on, she talked to us about personal protection for women. But if you missed that one, I suggest you go back and listen to it. It was really good. But if not, Kate, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. So I'm Kate, and I blog at blessedreject.com, and I encourage women to grieve and process the pain of rejection and betrayal as a part of the process to moving on and thriving again through self-care and introspection. And also in there is finding a path to forgiveness for our own sake, for, for the freedom that forgiveness can give us. Yeah. So I thought that it would be great to have you on today because I think that this is really a big one for so many of us, because I think we come out of relationships for, so many different reasons, but we're so anxious once we're out of that relationship to just put that relationship aside and just, we're ready to move on. And it's really difficult to be in that middle spot and to grieve for what we may have lost or who we were, just that whole, whole process. And we're just anxious to, to move on to the next step. So I'm glad to have you on to talk about this today. That is so true that uh, oftentimes when we have lost a relationship, um, it's so devastating and we're finding out that the person that we loved isn't who we thought they were or uh, definitely the relationship that we thought we had isn't what we thought it was. And sometimes it can be so negative and so bad that we don't even feel we have a right to grieve because grieving often in our hearts and minds, that's for something that we loved. When somebody we love dies, that's when we grieve, not when somebody rejects us or betrays us in some horrible way that shows their true colors. And it can just be, I'm not even going to go there. I'm not going to be sad about this. I'm just moving on. The problem with that, though, is that, like you were saying, Jen, that we really have lost something. We have lost the relationship we've lost who we thought they were even maybe a part we lost who we thought we were due to that relationship there is definitely a death involved here and whatever the death is whatever our loss is we do need to allow ourselves to grieve it it's not giving the other person any um kudos or anything like that it, it's about us and to truly process something hard like that in a healthy way, we have to allow ourselves to grieve. The problem is, is that grieving is incredibly painful and we think that just shoving it down or, or moving past it, that we're actually able to do that, but it's not true. It can fester into like a deep bitterness. It can, um, it just makes the whole processing not healthy and, and it can take years to actually overcome. Whereas if we force or allow ourselves to actually do the grieving at the time that that grief is overwhelming us and we're just trying so hard not to do it 
we will be able to process through and move on in such a wholer and um, more real way than if we um, forget it. I am not grieving that. That was terrible. <laughs> he's not worth grieving. No, you know, maybe he's not, but who you thought he was is, <laughs> and the relationship you thought you had is. So um, we, we do need to grieve. One of those areas where we have to go through it. We just do. We can't go around it. We can't go under it. We want to, but we can't. Processing that situation in pain includes introspection. And this is really difficult to do uh, when we feel that we're the one that's been rejected or betrayed. But before we can reach a place where we can truly start grieving, we have to get past that pure shock and be bewilderment that often hits us first. You know, sometimes that can last just for days, but sometimes it can go into weeks or months where you feel just that shock, bewilderment. You don't even, you have to remind yourself to breathe. You have to remind yourself to get off the couch. And here we're trying to raise our children and there's so much going on and we feel like we're doing it wrong because I can't even think about grieving during that time. You know, you're just, you're shocked and you're bewildered and, and just keeping everybody safe and fed is like good enough. That's okay. Allow yourself that. It's the fighting that, that will prolong it. That's the beginning of grief is recognizing I am in this numb place right now and it's okay. It's part of the process. It's part of my brain and heart preparing to grieve and to move through this. So that, that is really big <laughs> advice right there, just that tell yourself it's okay. Don't beat yourself up about it. It really is part of it to feel that shock. And as that shock starts to lessen, then you're going to want to move more into grieving. And it's, it's not really a choice. It kind of hits you, but the choice is allowing it or not. And so how do we grieve? We need to allow ourselves to feel the feelings. They're horrible and we don't want to feel them and it's painful and it hurts. And we, we think we don't want to set a bad example for our children by, by grieving. And, but again, we're actually setting a good example because they're going to go through hard things too. They're going to go through loss of relationships too and teaching them that feeling our feelings is just a normal process. And it's okay that mom is crying for 10 days straight. It's okay. And I'm going to get through this, but right now this is what I need to do. This is part of processing the pain that I'm feeling. So not denying them, let yourself cry, let yourself journal, Talk to somebody you trust. Seek professional help if you feel really like you're spiraling. Pray and ask for prayer. Those are key points to grieving. And what's going to happen is you're going to do those all over and over again. You can't cry it out one time. One journal entry isn't going to do it. One conversation with your best friend. This is a process and it takes some time and surrounding yourself the best you can with people that you love and giving your children the tools that they need because oftentimes our broken relationships, of course, hurt our children. And that is a whole nother angle that can be so hard. But if you want them to, to process and grieve this healthy, 
you need to model it for them and you can't do it for them it's so hard we want to take our children's pain away but they have to feel their own pain too and if we can teach them as children that feeling your feelings is okay we don't need to deny them we can cry we can talk we've got god he will be with us and that we can do this over and over and eventually it will ease the the deep dark pain will ease but it actually eases quicker when we walk straight through it when we allow ourselves to be in that fire we will start it, it'll get less i mean i'm sure you and all your readers have already been through a lot of this and and know this um it's just a part of what we need to do and you'll know when you're ready to start processing this is where the work really begins once kind of that deep grieving has had its time it's you know it can go on for years but it's kind of deep dark time where you, that's really what you're concentrating on is allowing yourself to grieve it'll lessen and you'll begin working through the processing which includes things like forgiveness and introspection so for me having gone through severe rejection the point i was able I, I made forgiveness like an academic study i just really wanted to understand it because it didn't make sense to me and but it really did come down to kind of a simple childlike faith of recognizing i'm a messed up sinner and so are they comparing crimes or sins isn't really jesus's thing so we need to not let make it ours you know more than likely you are the hurt party here but we also need to allow ourselves to be real with ourselves and authentic with ourselves and see where our part is in whatever we're dealing with and and you know recognizing that re repenting which is so hard to do especially when you know maybe what i did is so little compared to what they did you know but again we don't want to get caught up in that comparison and um recognizing this is really important forgiveness reconciliation and restoration are not the same things and i think often our culture and our churches have left us with this idea that if i forgive it means i have to reconcile or the relationship has to be restored right. that is not true we can have complete freedom and forgiveness without reconciling we're not going to i mean we can forgive a rapist but would we ever put them around our child you right. know that would just be ridiculous right so forgiveness and reconciliation and restoration keeping them all in their own lanes it doesn't mean you can't have reconciliation or restoration but you can totally work on forgiveness and work through forgiveness and find a place of total peace without having to attempt reconciliation or restoration of the relationship and it's a really beautiful thing when you actually embrace that and recognize that i can have total forgiveness here and i can set up boundaries to keep myself and my children in a safe comfortable zone but i can still love my enemy as myself i can still love someone who has deeply deeply hurt me by just accepting that yeah they really messed up that really hurt me but that's okay because i mess up too and i really hurt people too so it do you 
work through that forgiveness with just between you and God, if you're, if you know that there's no possible way and you're not willing to go down the road of reconciliation? Well, you know, again, it's going to be a personal one-on-one, uh, you know, each person with, with God and how, how he leads you. If you can, the, the other party has to be willing to even hear um, that they're forgiven or that you're sorry or whatever the situation is. A lot of times things get so ugly that there is no communication anymore. But if if forgiveness is something that you can offer and it can be accepted, it does go a long way in establishing a peaceful relationship. You know, a lot of times children are involved and we do want that peaceful relationship. So owning our own and then truly treating someone, maybe you never even, you know, tell them, I have reached a place of forgiveness with you, but we show them that by being happy for them, by treating them with friendliness, by not, you know, dwelling on the past, if we can, everybody's situation is so different, you know, and if there's things like abuse involved and that sort of thing, of course, it's a totally different ball of wax, but um, forgiveness, you feel like you're walking out forgiveness when there's nothing in your heart that is sticking anymore when you do be friendly. There's, there's, you know, the anger's gone, the bitterness is gone. It's usually not a one and done thing I found that, you know, as I talk to women, bitterness is, is that deep root and we think we've gotten it out and we've forgiven and, oh, no, I'm not bitter. And next thing you know, you're like replaying an incident in your head and it can be so very frustrating because you're like, no, I already forgave about that. I already thought about it. Right, right. Yeah. And so, so don't beat yourself up about those things. It's how the human mind and heart works. And so recognizing that I really feel like I've reached forgiveness today is awesome. Live in it and walk in it, but don't let it overwhelm you when you recognize, oh, there's still more work to do <laughs> because usually there is. Is that the end of the cycle? How do you know that you're done with your grieving cycle? I think you know that like you're through it for the most part when, when that forgiveness is starting to come easy and you're actually finding some joy in it. When you're like amazed at yourself that you had that really calm, peaceful conversation and there was nothing, nothing anxious in your heart. You, you will know then that, okay, yeah, I'm coming along and I'm fine. And, and when that person that hurt you so deeply, like hurts you again, and maybe in a smaller way, or, or you see them hurting somebody else, or, you know, when, when you like see that sin back, rise back up in them and you feel more like uh, sorry for them. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe you have some genuine like pity. I, I mean it in like in a good way, you know, like godly pity. Um, you're going you're gonna to feel that freedom that true f- forgiveness brings when that's how you start seeing them as just one of God's sinners that is struggling and a broken person. That's kind of the point where you'll know I'm, you're at least doing really well. <laughs> but again, you know, nothing is just a straight line and it can come back up again, especially with our children involved 
it's so hard to stay in that place of forgiveness if your child gets hurt again by the same person. It's just, it's a really, it's a process that I think we work through our entire lives, but we can reach that place of genuine peace in our hearts because God's forgiveness is flowing through us and, and the, the situation, the rejection, the betrayal isn't controlling our hearts or minds anymore. We've truly given it to him and we're moving on. But again, to get there, we need to go through all the stuff we've talked about of allowing ourselves to cry, allowing ourselves that time of shock and bewilderment, going through all of it, grieving, and then moving on. I talk a lot about self-care because I think self-care is one of the best ways to begin the moving on process. Um, women in general, we're pretty bad at self-care because we're so busy taking care of everybody else. And then when we go through something really hard, like a severe rejection, now we think, well, we don't even deserve to take care of ourselves. We can get lost in our minds and that's not from God. And, but it's hard to know. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to like force ourselves to acknowledge that and live in the truth that, that he's our creator and he loves us and he's with us. And so forcing ourselves into routines of self-care is going to build your confidence and bring you a lot of times these sort of things actually, as you begin to process out of them, they, you begin thriving better than before because now you're working on being you, you without this relationship. You can move into a self-acceptance that perhaps you never had before because you saw yourself self as a part of that relationship or how maybe that person saw you and now you're just you. And so you're, you're moving into a level of self-acceptance. I know for me that I never had before and it was the most peace giving and confidence building place to stop caring what other people think about me. It's a, it's a lovely place to come to. And so there's like, there's fruit in these journeys, these horrible, hard journeys. There's delightful fruit and fruit that I believe another way of knowing you've kind of reached the, at least the end of that section of your journey is when you recognize I am better now than I was before all of this. I like myself better. I'm a better mom. I'm a better friend. I'm just better at everything because I've come into myself in a stronger and fuller way. And you mentioned something about a routine of self-care. What would that look like? So I think for each of us, it's, it's different and unique. You know, if you're already really good at exercising and eating healthy, look at what it is that you know you should do or you really wish you to you did, you know, whether it's um, journaling or better skincare or, you know, simple, maybe silly sounding things, but like enjoying putting on makeup, just um, taking some time for like godly meditation, all the different things that are a part of taking care of ourselves and make us stronger inside and help us to abide with him closer. Those things are like most of us, I think, know like what's kind of calling to us because we want to do that thing or things. 
but they're at the bottom of our list because we have all our caretaking to do. We have our jobs. Just life is so, so full. But when we can begin implementing the, what, what he's calling you to do in the area of self-care, I know for me, I'm still just at the exercise regularly and eat healthy place. I do add in other stuff, but those are the ones that I'm just like glomming onto with everything I have because that's where I'm at, you know, kind of like at the beginning of the whole embracing self-care. But as we, as we embrace that, we are um, strengthening ourselves in such a way that we're going to be better and stronger at every other role that we take because we're taking care of ourselves. We're accepting the fact that we are his creation and he loves us and we are worth taking care of just like, you know, your plants are worth watering. So are you. That's a great example. Yes. Well, thank you so much for all of this information for being on. Where can listeners find more information about all of this and where can they find you? So, um, you know, I'm happy to have people friend me on Facebook. My name is Kate Leach. I also have a very small uh, Facebook group called Blessed Reject Overcomers, where um, I'm keeping it small. I can try to keep it under 100 of people, women that are actually involved. And it's just a place to be real and do prayer requests and recognize that it's a struggle to get past these sort of things. And then I also have an ebook that I would like to offer um, for free. It's called Freedom and Forgiveness. And it really kind of goes back to what I was talking about is that freedom that we can find when we reach forgiveness, when the problem, the issue, the person no longer has any control over our heart or mind, that's freedom. And that's where we all want to reach. Great. That sounds really good. And will you give me the link to put in the show notes or? I sure will. Okay, great. All right. That sounds awesome. Thank you so much for being on today. Yeah. Thank you, Jen. This has been really nice to share with you. Join over 4,000 other single moms and grab your single mom survivor pack today. Whether you're a new single mom, been one for a long time or not, I've got some resources to keep you covered. So go to the show notes and get your single mom survival pack today for free.